As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's crunch time throughout American professional soccer. On Sunday, simultaneous games in each MLS conference will finalize who joins the playoff party on MLS Decision Day. The playoff field has already been decided in the NWSL, which kicks off its postseason also on Sunday, with two first-round games. Jeff Reuter and Matt Pence are here to break down what you should watch for on Decision Day, and Steph Young tells you what to watch for in the NWSL playoffs. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for the weekend of Friday, November 5th. Steph Young, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, Steph, you cover the NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team for The Athletic, and we have an important weekend this weekend in the NWSL. Yeah, it's the first round of playoffs. We had a little internal discussion. It's not quarterfinals because there's not eight teams, and so we've been calling it first round just to be perfectly pedantic about it. Yep, the first round, not quarterfinals. Quarter implies that there are four games there are not four games. There are two of them. The first of them is at three o'clock Eastern time on Sunday. Chicago Red Stars versus Gotham FC. Steph Young, what are you looking for from this particular game? I think this is a game of uh, the whole season, honestly, with a lot of these clubs in the playoffs has been, are they going to have a good day or a bad day? I think you know, thorns and rain have probably been most consistent over the season. The rain, particularly once Harvey came in with the red stars, it's like, I, I don't know which red stars are going to turn up, but it's the same for Gotham, which makes this potentially a chaos game. And they both have really exciting forwards. Um, I would say Gotham probably has the uh, defense that is going to need the most work. Um, yeah, I, I really have no sense of how this game is going to go. Gotham has been a team that has been able to dominate games and yet find a way to not win them all season long. It's not exactly a quality you want going into the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of thing where it can average out over the course of the season. That's what happened to them, and they got into playoffs anyway. But in a single elimination, win or go home, you know, it can tell. That's right. Uh, and we should say that 
Portland Thorns and O.L. Reign, the top two finishers in the regular season, which means they get a bye for this first round. And the winner of Chicago versus Gotham will play Portland in Portland next week. Uh, if you had to pick a winner f- between Chicago and Gotham in this game, I know you just said that you, there's no way to choose, but I'm, g- I'm going to ask you to flip the coin here and uh, pick uh, pick who you think is coming out of this one. I almost have to say this while hiding, like I'm turtling into my <laughs> hoodie, which is the Chicago Red Stars. Okay. If I had to pick. Okay. Well, at least you said it quietly, so nobody will know that you actually made a prediction. So thank you for doing that. Uh, moving on to the other side of the bracket. The Washington Spirit take on the North Carolina Courage at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, also on Sunday. The winner of this game takes on the second seed in the playoffs, O.L. Reign. Uh, I think it's notable, obviously, for off-field reasons that these two teams are meeting each other, Washington Spirit and North Carolina Courage, the two teams with maybe the most publicly reported stuff off the field going on this year. Obviously, the North Carolina Courage with Paul Riley and all the allegations against him that were reported in the, in the athletic and the Washington spirit still in the midst of an ownership uh, debacle, struggle, power struggle, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the team is for sale and that whole process is happening. You can read all about that. Uh, Pablo and Steph have done a lot of reporting about that on the athletic, but for now, I think we should just talk about the soccer. What do you, what do you see in this particular game? And, uh, what, what do you think is going to be exciting about it? The Spirit have been a team, like, interestingly, sure, they're third, but I keep trying to point out they did get minus six points imposed on them, and without that, you know, those forfeits, they could have been shield contenders. They're a team that has just looked really good over the course of the season, and the Courage have not. And I know we want to talk about the soccer, but it is kind of inextricably entwined with what happened midseason because I think you've seen it play out on the field for the Courage where their mental is just, you know, understandably, it is, it's not in the most rock-solid place right now. And that's previously been such a defining characteristic of this team. And so, you know, I was happy to see them make playoffs because I think that's something that the players just need that kind of they need something happy and i'm who you know i'm i'm so happy that they got a moment of happiness and who knows maybe this will actually be like okay we squeaked in guys um but we can't rely on any other team to to set a result that gets us into the playoffs now it's all on us and perhaps they'll they'll find a way they are without sam muis who's been rehabbing a long-term injury in boston and their midfield has really sorely needed her and so if i had to bet because this it turns into a midfield versus midfield game i'd bet on the spirit very interesting well and it, it should be also be said that north carolina courage have maybe the most exciting player in the league in dabinia every single time i watch them she managed to manages to make some sort of magic happen that sort of gets you out of your seat and that's exactly what you want to see in a playoff game so that'll be very exciting uh, i'm going to put you on the spot again here Who's, who's coming out of this game? Who's taking on O.L. Reign next week? I think it's going to be the spirit. So now that I've picked Chicago and Washington, congratulations to Gotham and North Carolina <laughs> for advancing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your confidence in your own predictions and your expertise, as always, Steph Young. Uh, we'll talk to you next week once uh, we know who actually won these games. I 
I have Matt Pence and Jeff Ruder here. Both are MLS reporters for The Athletic. We're going to run through every game on Decision Day, except for the ones where the results will have no impact on the playoff picture. Those games are New England versus Miami. New England is already locked in as Shield winners. Miami is out. Portland versus Austin. Portland is already locked in as the fourth seed in the West. Austin is out. San Jose versus Dallas. Both teams are out of the playoffs. And this is kind of a sad matchup because it'll probably be the last game for MLS goal king, Chris Wondolowski. Farewell, Wando. I wish you could have gotten one more playoff game before you retire. We're also not going to talk about the Houston Dynamo because they are not playing on decision day and they're out of the playoffs anyway. In the Eastern Conference, all these games kick off at 3.30 p.m. Cincinnati versus Atlanta. Jeff, what's your thing to watch in this game? Uh, It might be the end of an era or not for FC Cincinnati, because for the first three years of their time in Major League Soccer, they have been, in all caps, the worst team in Major League Soccer. Uh, Now they have finally brought in a general manager, Chris Albright, who has experience in Major League Soccer and experience building a quality club in Major League Soccer with the Philadelphia Union, his prior employers. So in theory, they will look much more competitive competitive and coherent and like they were built with a plan but for three years running they truly have been an mls team that doesn't look like it has a plan um so i'm watching it just for the pure chaos of it because i don't think you're ever going to see a team so ill-prepared moving forward in the expansion era and matt how about you uh i think you want to talk about atlanta they just need a draw to make the postseason in this game yeah and they've been playing well i mean there are actually a couple of teams like this heading into the playoffs a couple of them still need to win to get in but teams that changed the coach mid-season that are playing well right now that are finally getting healthy in atlanta like especially is a team with a winning pedigree um gonzalo pineda former sounders assistant seems like he's really hit the ground running there you got joseph martinez back i think if you're a high seed in the east this is really the team you don't want to see on the other side get in and and be coming to your place because they just feel to me like a team that's peaking at the right time um that kind of fit that profile of a a hot late mls team that ends up making a deep run so if atlanta can get in uh look out and if they can't manage a draw against cincinnati they don't deserve to get in anyway (laughs) that's right uh sorry cincinnati but it's true okay next game columbus versus chicago chicago fire not in the playoffs Uh, Columbus, though, with a very, very, very outside shot. They need to win. They need a Montreal loss and a D.C. draw or loss. I believe that's the scenario they need to happen in order to make it into the playoffs. Jeff, what's your thing to watch on this one? On We're recording this on Thursday. On Wednesday night, Taylor Twellman at halftime of the RSL Portland game said that uh, Chicago had already let seven players, including six regular starters, know that they would not be back next season. And that Francisco Calvo had already left the club to join Costa Rica ahead of World Cup qualifiers. So it'll be very interesting to see how the Chicago Fire play, one, already with an interim head coach. But two, now you have over half of your starting lineup knowing that they won't be back next year. So are they going to be you know, playing as hard as possible to try to get new contracts with other clubs? Or are they just going to be mailing this one in? Could be fun. How about you, Matt? Yeah, it's just to see. I mean, can Columbus at least show some fight at the end here? I mean, it's it's pretty rare that you see a returning champion in, in any sport kind of go out as meekly as they have, especially given how forgiving MLS's playoff structure is. Just they've never really got it going. I spent about a week and a half, I think it was back in August, kind of dropping in on Caleb Porter press conferences, trying to get a sense for them. And at that, at that point, he just kept saying, well, everybody's back now. Just give us another couple weeks. And I was like, give us a month, maybe another couple weeks. Like, we're all going to get it together. Just wait and see. 
And now all of a sudden they, they kind of need a miracle to get in. They're definitely just about to run out of time. But I think if you're the crew, you at the very least want to go out against a not very good a Chicago team and at least go out a little bit on your shield here after kind of bowing out pretty easily. Okay, moving on. Montreal versus or, uh, Orlando. Uh, the winner of this game will go to the playoffs. A draw means Orlando is in and Montreal is out. Uh, Matt, let's start with you this time. What are you watching uh, in, in this game? Yeah, I just want to see if Montreal can pull it off for the Canadian teams, man. I mean, they were forced to play the last three months of last season away from home. Then this year, going into the year, they still didn't have the border open, had to just stay live out of hotels basically for close to a year and a half, all told, just away from home. Um, and so for them to deal with all of that and to be in this position, I think it's it's admirable. It's kind of easy to root for to hope that they at least get some kind of reward here. How about you, Jeff? I, I think that, you know, when we're looking at this, we're looking at the teams that are rising, but it also is worth highlighting the fall of Orlando, which really truly looked like one of the best two or three teams in the Eastern Conference until about the first week of September. Uh, and then they rattled off a four game losing streak. They had a, you know, five games unbeaten, but half of them were draws and then another loss at Columbus that could have been huge for them getting in the playoffs. The fact that they're on the bubble um, is actually kind of remarkable given the talent that they have, given the quality of coach that they have, the success that they had last year, both in MLS is back and then regular season in the playoffs as well. So yeah, if they end up missing the playoffs this year, I think it would be a major surprise compared to certainly preseason and midseason expectations. And it would be very interesting to see uh, how the club responds in the off season. All right. Next up, we have the game that is nationally televised uh, of the Eastern Conference slate. It's on ESPN again at 3.30 PM uh, <clears throat> Eastern time. Nashville SC versus Red Bull, New York. Nashville will host a playoff game, definitely, but they can move up to the second seed with a win or a draw, depending on how the Philadelphia Union do. Really, the attention here is on the Red Bulls, who I believe are in with with a draw. But uh, I don't know, Jeff, what are you what are you looking for in this game? Well, that's probably great news for the Red Bulls because this game is destined to end in a draw. Uh, Nashville has played 33 games. 17 of them have ended in draws. Most of those have been 0-0 or 1-1. I was pretty surprised to see that this was the national telecast pick. Uh, But it served Nashville well. And of course, once you get to the playoffs, you can't tie games. It's not a two-leg thing either where you can tie the first leg and then the second leg you go all in. So eventually they're going to have to figure out how to play in extra time. I think this is a team that is made for tournaments. This is the last game of a regular season where they, again, haven't always inspired, but they've consistently looked good. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily worried about Nashville as they head into this final stretch and head into the playoffs. But uh, yeah, this this feels like it's going to be a chance for Nashville to finish the season with 18 draws and 34 games, which would be just an unbelievable record. It's definitely something, Matt. Yeah, and it got a side tangent that we were talking about before the show. Um, to clarify for the listeners, the MLS is tiebreakers. It's wins first, then goal differential. Um, with Jeff, Jeff kind of shared some qualms about that. But I like it because I like that it forces teams to go for the win. Probably like my most American soccer fan take is that like, I hate when teams go out and they're like set up for a draw immediately or they're going late and they're just settling late in games. So I think that like Nashville's record is like, it's not really a mark of honor in any real way that they have drawn more than half their games. Give me the teams that win. That's my side tangent there Matt, for a second. Matt Pence, the the Herman Edwards of, of American soccer and journalism. <laughs> uh, 
All right, next up, NYCFC uh, hosting Philadelphia Union. Uh, the scenario here is mostly seeding because both these teams are assured of the playoff, uh, playoff spots. Philly winning would wrap up the second seed in the East for them. Yeah, I'm just interested to see if the Union can kind of finish on, on a high note here. They've been very, very good lately. I mean, I was kind of baffled for a little while. They kind of fell into this general malaise that sometimes happens in MLS where a team that seems to kind of have it all figured out just all of a sudden doesn't. Um, and I really like the way their team's constructed at the beginning of the year and into the Champions League. I mean, they really looked like one of the very best, most complete teams in the league. But maybe because they just don't have as much margin for error with their smaller budget, they just kind of seem to have lost their spark. But they've looked better lately. Um, I really kind of just like this team and how they play with Jim Curtin. I think it would be cool to see them make another run. So I'll just be interested to see if they can kind of keep that going as they look ahead to the playoffs. Jeff, it's interesting because, yeah, when you go to the, the two seeds for a while, this also looked like it could be New York City. Very similar situation to Orlando, where once the calendar turned to September, they really started playing poorly. I think they went through an eight or nine game stretch where their only win was against Cincinnati. Um, and they lost once or twice to the Red Bulls as well to let them back into the playoffs. But they've won three straight now. They've been able to make it less of a concern whether or not they will make the playoffs. But I just, I, I don't know if they're con- a contender. There are probably about 20 games you could pick out of the pile where you say, yes, this looks like a team that can challenge new England in the East. And then the rest of them, they've looked like they might not even belong in the postseason. So they've just been so feast or famine that this matchup against Philadelphia should be a good indicator, a good litmus test of whether or not they will be able to potentially crash what looks like it's going to be new England's path to MLS cup. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Moving on, Toronto FC, one of the worst teams in the league this year, hosting DC United. Uh, Barely something to play for in this game for DC United. Their needs are actually very similar to Columbus. They need a lot. They need, obviously, to win this particular game, and they need a lot of other results to go their way. Could happen, though. Jeff, what are you looking for? Uh, I guess I'm looking at the clock counting up to 90, but beyond that, you know, there, there's been some interesting progress made at least stylistically from DC United this year under Ernan Lozada. And you've been able to find more of an identity that you saw at the end of the Ben Olsen era. And, and you can see players that, uh, you know, like a Julian Gressel, who has certainly looked much more like the player DC thought they were acquiring from Atlanta this season than he did at any point last year. So it is just those sorts of measurable progress for certain players on the team to see how DC will look in year two, um, if they'll be able to make a step forward or if they're going to be kind of stuck in this sort of mid-table malaise that um, I guess a, a similarly 
athletic, frenetic team like San Jose has been in for three years running. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing that you can't say about Toronto, it's that they're often stuck in a mid-table malaise. Um, <laughs> that team, the club just fascinates me generally, having had the opportunity to get there when it's been good um, during a couple of their MLS Cup runs, uh, where it's like really fun fan base, really great stadium. And when they have it going, uh, it, I feel like it's one of the like, leading clubs in this league but then they have these seasons that no other leading club has where they just fall apart entirely all right guys in the eastern conference slate starting at 3 30 p.m which of these games are you watching if you're only picking one and you're not flipping through a bunch of them or split screening or whatever you're doing if you had to pick one game which one would it be matt why don't you go first yeah i'd go montreal orlando jeff you agree I'm actually going with Cincy Atlanta, and I know I spent a lot of time talking about how bad Cincy was, but I truly think the other side of this then is how good can Atlanta look? Beating Cincinnati isn't necessarily going to be the game that says, yes, this is a team that's going to make it to the final, but if they're able to play some good soccer and if they're able to have some, you know, their, their big player step up, get a goal out of Justin Martinez right before the playoffs, get Ezekiel Barco to stay on his feet and not get tackled every single time he has the ball, uh, you're probably starting to go down the right path for the playoffs. Okay, let's move right on to the West. Keep this thing rolling. It's 6 p.m. now on, on Sunday. Uh, Colorado hosting LAFC. Colorado needs to win to have a shot at the number one seed and a first round bye. LAFC needs to win plus a bunch of other results in order to make the playoffs at all, which is incredible to say considering <laughs> I think all of our preseason picks for LAFC. Yeah, I mean, if we had been given odds at the beginning of the year, which team would be going for the top seed and which one would be fighting? Fighting to get in, I think there would have been a very obvious choice, yeah. um, which speaks to just kind of how admirable Colorado's run has been. But what I'm watching is still LASC. I think that they're another team that just with the raw talent, if you're a high seed, you don't want to see them uh, on the other end of the bracket or the other side of the bracket next to you. Uh, they haven't lost in September. They've kind of been gradually ramping back up. Um, they had a very exciting draw against uh, Vancouver in the middle of the week. And I think both those teams are playing really, really well. Um, so if LF, LAFC can find their way in, they still need a little bit of help. Um, I think that they can make some real, real noise, but they might've left it a little bit too late. How about you, Jeff? I'm just basking in Matt talking about how draws are the bane of existence in soccer. And then talking about a very exciting draw five minutes later. Uh, it was a very possible, exciting draw, man. Jeff. Hey, there are categories. I'm just yeah. saying you weren't that specific <laughs> with your criticism beforehand. It's interesting. Uh, look, I think that when people have talked about the Western Conference this season, it's been framed as a two horse race between Seattle and Sporting Kansas City. And that one of these two is going to be the team that's going to challenge in the Western Conference. And it's looking at how they go. But Colorado has held firm the entire time. People forget Colorado has have the fewest losses of any team in the Western Conference with seven. Uh, they've been consistent. Their defense is on par with Seattle's in terms of goals allowed. They've, they've been playing not sexy soccer but very solid you will get results sometimes you get a draw that should have been a win sometimes uh you'll get a win that should have been a draw but you'll rarely lose games you shouldn't and they've been built to succeed in major league soccer with a core that is primarily major league soccer veterans or up-and-comers so they look very sustainable but they're not hyped they're not heralded so if they got the one seed how does that change the playoff picture if both Seattle and Sporting have to enter a round sooner? I think it could be very interesting for those first matchups. And I think that it could really Colorado getting the one seed probably presents the most chaotic experience in the Western Conference playoffs. And frankly, I'm here for that. Uh, Sporting Kansas City hosting Rail Salt Lake, two teams that are coming off of uh, very disappointing midweek results that they really needed to have in order to 
better their chances for either making the playoffs or getting the top seed in in Sporting KC's case. Um, RSL, they need to win and hope other results go their way just to make the playoffs very similar to LAFC. Uh, Matt, what are you watching in this uh, in this particular game? Yeah, I mean, I'm just seeing if, I mean, one of them theoretically has to get out of their own way to kind of help themselves out, right? I mean, I guess they could they could play out to one of Jeff's beloved scoreless draws, I guess, I guess that probably does neither one of them much, much good. But yeah, it's it's like they're both kind of stuck in these weird time loops where like Kansas City will look really good for long stretches of the year. And then the wheels just kind of come off at this time of every year. And Salt Lake will uninspire for long parts of every year, but end up right on the playoff line at the end somehow. Like it just seems like they both have the same year over and over and over again. And so one of them is going to have to go against form and find a way to hopefully get a result here. How about you, Jeff? I'm going to be interested to see how Kansas City approaches this game and if they try deliberately to stay on their feet for the full 90, because in their last three games, they've had two of the most controversial referee calls go in their favor, one with the Tim Melia kind of body slam uh, that The Rock amplified, of course, for the most notable moment of the MLS season uh, on Christian Roldan. And then this really, really grotesque challenge from, I think it was Amadou Dia, if I remember right. right, sliding in for his first in his third minute of MLS action since August. And basically um, it could have been a career altering injury for Emmanuel Reynoso on Minnesota United. And so disciplinary points are the fourth tiebreaker. <laughs> and if the, <laughs> if the Western conference gets past wins goal differential, which I don't think it will, or goals for, which uh, I certainly don't think it will, unless Seattle scores six, um, then that would be next. And I have to think Kansas City would lose that tiebreaker off the last two weeks alone. But whether or not they're on their best behavior just to try to change some of the some of the, the, the bad vibes around that club in MLS circles. Okay, finally, not finally, next. Uh, we're not even close to done yet. <laughs> uh, the nationally broadcast game, LA Galaxy hosting Minnesota United. Jeff, you live in Minneapolis. What are you watching for in this game? Uh, who wants to play Portland? Because I think at this point, Portland's locked into the four seed and they have looked, uh, Matt's alluded to it, to have a season where they haven't played convincingly, but they continue to get results at the right times to be able to move up the table. They've secured themselves, but they do look like a much more favorable matchup than Colorado, Kansas City, or Seattle. Uh, the winner of Minnesota and the Galaxy will almost certainly get the five seed. And so if you want to have the best chance um, against a team that also, by the way, haven't played terribly well at Providence Park this season um, relative to historical uh, precedents, I, I think that this would be a year that you want to play them in Portland. So uh, that's going to be what I'm watching. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, either team kind of distinguish itself uh, as one that looks like a contender. I mean, they're both teams that are are good, but but seemingly flawed. They each kind of have holes. Um, and so I'll just be interested to see if, if one of them can kind of put down a marker. They have the momentum going into the playoffs. Because um, while they're both kind of right on that line, but neither one necessarily feels like an MLS Cup team, um, can either one of those kind of change that opinion? in a game that both of them need for different reasons. I believe the scenario here is the Galaxy win, and they're in the playoffs. If Minnesota draws, they're in the playoffs. Finishing off the entire slate, Vancouver versus Seattle. Huge game here for both for both teams. Uh, Seattle going for a top spot. Uh, Vancouver, if they win or draw this game, they are in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be uh, up at BC Place, which I'm like legitimately excited about. I think it could be a really, really good day. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm interested to see if the Whitecaps can actually finish it off. Um, 
having gotten the chance to be up there and spend a day with them recently. I mean, they're just on the field, at least. I mean, I know that there's a whole lot of mess of stuff behind the scenes, but on the field itself, I just think this is a very likable team. Um, they've been through a lot in the last year and a half, as I've alluded to. They've dealt with the midseason coaching change. They've dealt with years and years of years of losing. Um, this would be their first playoff berth in four or five years, just even to get in. Um, and yeah, and their fans have suffered through a lot too. Um, so to be there on Sunday to see if they can pull this off in front of what should be a pretty raucous atmosphere, I, I would imagine. Um, I'm just looking forward to kind of taking all that in because I think they are on the field, one of the feel-good stories of this MLS season. Jeff, how about you? Yeah, quickly on the converse side, I think it's a little surprising Seattle still has to fight to secure the one seed. I mean, losing three of the last five and tying the other two certainly did them no favors on that side. Uh, for so long, they looked like they were going to be the team in the Western Conference. And I think being able to kill the momentum of a regional rival while also reasserting that, yes, you are, um, you know, the dominant force in the conference. I think that that's that's a that's a fine way to close a regular season. So it could be there could be a lot on the line. Uh, it'll also be very interesting to see how much playing time they give to Jordan Morris and Nicholas Lodero, uh, whether or not they just try to keep them a little fresh for the playoffs now that both have seen the field or if they want to give them longer uh, run out times to try to get them ready for you know a start in the playoffs okay last thing guys pick one game in the in the western conference slate to keep an eye on if you had to choose one jeff you go first uh i know what matt's gonna pick because it's the one that he's gonna be at physically but i will say for contrarians that that national telecast of galaxy minnesota should be very good a lot of quality players a lot of uh you know egos on the line and, and teams that expected to be doing better uh, and two teams with negative goal differences, which means that their defenses haven't always lived up or their attacks haven't always scored. And flawed teams are sometimes the most fun to watch. Matt, as you said, you will be at BC plays for Vancouver, Seattle. So I'm assuming that's your answer. Yeah, I think it could be. I mean, I expect it to be rowdy. I expect the Whitecaps to come out and throw everything at them. And I expect Raul Rui Diaz to rip their hearts out in like the 89th minute because that's what he does in games like this. But, All right. You're on the record with the prediction. Guys, we did it. We went through every single game on Decision Day. Uh, thank you so much. Have a good time on Sunday. I really can't emphasize enough how much soccer is on this weekend, aside from Decision Day and aside from the NWSL playoffs. This includes some of my favorite games on the soccer calendar every single year. Early round FA Cup games. They feature some of the smallest teams in England at this point, and the environments at those stadiums are always pretty amazing. Those games start today uh, on US TV anyway, with AFC Sudbury taking on Colchester United on ESPN+. There are a couple more available throughout the weekend on Saturday and Sunday on ESPN+. Uh, please go check those out. I know it sounds silly to be talking about games featuring such small teams, but again, the environments are amazing. Sometimes they upset really big teams. Just amazing environments, amazing soccer, pretty reliably. Go back and listen to yesterday's episode for a guide to everything else happening in Europe this weekend. And if we missed a game between the two episodes that you think is important, I'm sorry. It's nothing personal, but I'd love to hear from you. My Twitter handle is at anabnos. That's at A-N-A-B-N-O-S. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can get 33% off a year's subscription by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. We'll be back on Monday. Enjoy all of the many games this weekend. Thanks for listening, and happy soccer to you all.